1: Hello and welcome to the Standing on the North Bank podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southgroom and I'm joined today by Football writers Josh Kilmister and Andrew Grill. Good afternoon, chaps. Good afternoon, mate. Uh, and I think we'll start with a similar question, or basically the same question that we started with last week, because uh, it's a similar story. Does it feel like a, a point gained or, or an opportunity for three points missed? I think on the back of a performance like that, you you feel that that's an opportunity missed, don't you? You mm. know, I
2: think um, that's probably one of Swansea's best performances of this season, um, you know, quite possibly the best. And, um, they, they, you know, they thoroughly deserved a three-point haul from that game on the weekend. And just a bit of, bit more uh, sort of <coughs> clarity and a bit more of a clinical edge in front of goal. And, you know, we could be easily sat here talking about them being seven points clear of the drop zone. So, mm. um Frustrating afternoon I think it's the best way to sum it up you know you, when you know you deserve better than what you've got you know there's always going to be that uh, little, little bit of frustration mm.
1: Josh obviously going one little down after the own goal um, easy to, to say it's, it's good to come from behind to get a point but they had so many chances uh, to score on multiple occasions that it does feel a little bit frustrating doesn't it
0: yeah I think when you're in the position that we are in the league a lot of it comes down to luck and I think well, we didn't have any luck in the first half. I think we had two shots cleared off the line. We had Fernandez had a good header cleared off the line. Jordan Ayew had a shot cleared off the line. Andre Ayew should have scored. You know, one of those chances goes in. And Everton probably don't get that first goal. But yeah. for it to be an own goal... I, I thought Norton played quite well, to be honest. So <clears throat> For him to have an own goal was unfortunate for him on one of his rare good performances. <laughs> no, but I thought... Again, a point's better than no point. But... Definitely two points dropped in this case.
1: Yeah, I uh, It's as you left the ground uh, on the weekend. It was difficult not to look at that chance that fell to Abraham in the second half, <coughs> volley from six yards out. It's done well to to put that so far <laughs> over the bar. To be fair, you know, obviously it's, it's easy to say when you st- when you're sat where we are. But you look at chances like that, as Josh mentioned, the IU chance as well was a good one. Um, Jordan Ayew obviously um, also had a shot blocked behind by Baines that was destined for the bottom yeah. corner. When you think about all these things, it it does leave you a little bit frustrated. Yeah, it really does because I, yeah.
2: you know, I mean after what after fifty five minutes of the Southampton game when they were two 0 yeah. up, yeah, you know, yeah. I need to be looking at that thinking, oh my word, you know, Swansea really going to need to get a result here, and then Chelsea do them a you know a huge favour with an astonishing comeback and. Uh, my mind was cast back twelve months, really, because you know I can remember before the previous Everton home game. Obviously, Hull had um, you know they'd lost at home to Sunderland, and that had created an opportunity for Swansea, which they take. And, and I kind of felt that Saturday was going to go the same way, and on the balance of play, it looked as if it would do. But you know we talked about being clinical. That you know I'm not I'm not singling out to Abraham. You know I think others were guilty. You know I think Josh mentioned Andrea's chance when his brother had played him in. But you know, when the ball falls for you in that situation, I know you got defenders coming at you, but you've gotta hit the target and mm. you? you know, you've gotta make the goalkeeper work. You know, if someone clears it off the line or you know, the keeper makes a great save, then you hold your hands up, but you know smacking it <laughs> smacking it into the stand's yeah. is not really what you wanna see. So yeah, there'll be I'd imagine there'd have been a few players who when they went to bed on Saturday night, they'd have had a few moments replaying through their heads and yeah, thinking, yeah. what if?
1: It's, it's obviously though it's an encouraging performance, Josh, um, which can give you a little bit of confidence going into the running. Um, but not getting three points to still leave Swansea in a precarious position. You look at the games coming up now, you've obviously got City away, um, you've got Chelsea home. I know you're, well, you're quite confident that we're well, not confident, but you think there's a chance of a point against Chelsea. I'm probably not as confident as you are in that regard. I guess the hope is though that now that the league is sewn up the Man City are in the pub all week yeah yeah
0: but <laughs> will Man City lift the title at the Etihad I'm not sure about that will they have the trophy will they
2: have yeah. the trophy on Saturday or Goodness, I'm, sure. so, I'm not sure I'm not sure
0: myself I think if, they, if, they, if, they're, if they're lifting the trophy next weekend they're going to want to go out yeah. on a high there yeah and that's the only thing we've got to worry about but we saw videos from the Man City players celebrating last night, yeah. so hopefully they've yeah. got a, a few more nights to celebrate. I was, was going to say, right.
2: just uh, <laughs> take as long as
1: you want, boys, yeah. uh, You know, make those beers long and cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so there's still, there's still a, you look at those two games, and it's, uh, it's looking very much as if now this it's, it's going to go down to the final week of the season, isn't it? And there's some, big big games in the final week of the season
2: yeah I mean I think we said last I think I said last week that I thought that if Swansea won this weekend I had a feeling they'd be safe with maybe a couple of games to spare yeah now that they haven't I really do think we're going to be (laughs) watching from behind the sofa all that sort of stuff in the last uh, in the last week because you know look I know we can talk about City you know being on the pop this week and having a having a bit of a party but that, you know, they are a, they're a phenomenal side aren't they yeah. and you'd be very surprised if Swansea got anything up there Chelsea you know what have they got left to play for but they're still a quality side yeah. and you just think Swansea probably aren't going to get enough from those two games to not head into that final week that final three without needing some form of result somewhere down the line Then. Obviously, you've got Southampton and Stoke to come. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's set up to be a bit of a well, a proper nerve jungle. Not that it's not been nervy intense for the last two two or three months, but yeah. Yeah, you know we're getting down to crunch time now, aren't we? Mm.
0: I think the Bournemouth game as well. I think <clears throat> not, not not enough emphasis can be put on how important that is <clears throat> because you get three points there, and that's a big confidence <clears throat> boost going into that last week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, speaking of confidence boosting, it was very very nice to see Jordan Ayew back in the starting lineup after his suspension, and uh, he put on a show, didn't he, he was he probably, Andrew rated him as Fonji's best player in the ratings, yeah, I completely agree. got the goal as well, it was great to see him back, when And
0: what a finish that was as well, yeah, on yeah. the half-volley, the assist from Tom Carroll, I think the
1: <laughs> <laughs> conversation
0: <laughs> starts, a bit precarious, I don't know whether that was a shot or an assist, yeah. we'll, we'll give him that one, but yeah, Jordan Nye was fantastic, he was really, really did make the difference up, for, up front with Andre.
1: Yeah, it was it was noticeable. Obviously, being brothers, they'll know each other inside out. But they they were linking up at times very well. Number of times Jordan flicking the ball on for Andre to race in behind. Um, obviously, Jordan put Andre through for his yeah. chance in the first half as well. So encouraging signs going into the running now that he's back in the side. Oh, big time! You know, you can you could see within the first ten minutes what a difference
2: he makes and what ones he had missed while well, he's not been there. And the, the interesting thing about them as a as a pairing is that it's not they're very good together with the ball, but you look at how much work they get through in terms of pressing defenders and how they understand what each other is doing. You know, the, the communication between them is good. You know, there are a few times on the weekend. You know, Michael Keane I can remember being robbed on one occasion, yeah. Jagielka on another. You know, defenders hate players that press them with that sort of disciplined energy. It's not you know it's not just running after the ball here and scare him. It's targeting areas where you can put people under pressure and they're they're both very, very good at it and that that's every bit as it you know, obviously you want them to stick the ball in the net, but they can create opportunities even when they haven't got it, because of that ability to press they've got. You know, I think mm. I think I'm right you're saying I'll have to look this up, but I'm sure Jordan Ayo's got the best tackle success rate of any forward in the Premier League. Oh. Which yeah, you know, which you can that, yeah. which you can you can see in how he plays, can't you? You know, he he got that ability to nip in and just Steal the ball away. So yeah, great to see him back, and very
1: encouraging to see him and his brother link up again. So, having said all that, then how important is he in particular going to be to Swansea's survival? Well, he he probably
2: feels like if they're going to get a goal, he's either going to make it or he's going to score it. That's yeah. how that's how it feels at the moment. You know, you look. I think it's. I think that was his sixth Premier League goal in his last 13 yeah. in, in the league. You know, he's had a couple of great goals in the cup as well and he just makes things happen doesn't he you know I'd, you know just bizarre giving all the chances that they've missed when that ball fell to him on Saturday you just felt it was going to go in the, in, in. Yeah, the moment he yeah. hit it you know you just thought that that's yeah. in that's that's a goal so yeah. to have someone who offers that that's a, that's a big big deal because Swansea you know I know had this feeling they were down to 10 men without him for so long but they had looked a bit toothless without him yeah just maybe missing a focal point and someone just to add something and you know, you know, there was a there was a brief moment on Saturday when I did wonder if there was a red another red card coming his way oh, with yeah. that tackle on halfway oh, yeah. and Lee Mason and Lee Mason was going for his pocket a bit quickly, yeah. <laughs> which is worrying. But yeah. yeah, look, he he makes a really big difference, and you know, if he if he keeps playing like that and if Swansea keep playing like that, I still think they will stay up and they'll be safe.
1: Yeah, um, it was noticeable as well. As <coughs> the, the atmosphere really struck me on on Saturday and. Um, the crowd, in particular, were reacting to everything that I, Jordan Ayew, did, and it, it feels to me as if the club are almost unearthing, in. Well, I don't think I think they have unearthed another fan favourite in Ayew. It's somebody who who everybody can rally around, and every time he touched the ball or did anything of note, everybody got up, and and that then progressed into creating a, a really brilliant atmosphere that. Eventually told when they got the goal.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the exact that's the exact kind of player we need. Is I think he's been a bit of an unlikely hero this season because yeah. obviously we had Boney coming back for big money in the summer. We had Tammy Abraham coming in. Obviously, Renato Sanchez. I think if you'd asked me in the summer, would Jordan Ayew be our you know our difference maker? I would have laughed. you know? I would have yeah. laughed. It's not. Yeah. I, I would I would have said he probably wouldn't even make the start in eleven on most mm. occasions. But yeah, you can tell the fans are really behind him, especially having missed him for three games. I think. Everyone appreciates the difference he does make to the team. Yeah. So I think the three games wouldn't go as far as say a blessing in disguise for him, but it's definitely made a difference. Yeah, some, back.
1: Sometimes you don't realise what you've got until it's taken away. I guess is the yeah. old saying, isn't it? So yeah. um, <clears throat> just on that, on the atmosphere, grill you look at clubs who are in relegation scraps, and you arrive at the ground, and you expect it to be a little bit edgy, tense, um, probably a few disgruntled fans here and there. Um, and we talked about it on Saturday evening and, and cast your mind back a few months to how toxic the atmosphere was at the Liberty it's, it's, it's strange now that they are in the midst of a relegation scrap they're no longer obviously at the bottom yeah. of the table where they found themselves and let's face it, they were gone in, in most people's books but the atmosphere was, was so upbeat and everybody was, was keen to get behind people there wasn't, an, there wasn't a feeling of desperation about much that went mm. on and and Carvajal called on the fans last week before the game, and and they turned up.
2: Yeah, I belief belief plays a big part for players, and I also think it plays a big part for supporters. Mm. And I think you look at what's happened in the last two or three months, the last twelve, thirteen games. There's a reason to believe, isn't there? You know, it'd, it'd be very difficult to have an atmosphere like that if you're in the situation where it's are in for example, yes. where you know that you're done for, and <coughs> you know off off the field issues then are you know, heavily focused in on and that disgruntlement spills over, you know, as yeah. as we saw repeatedly uh, in the autumn with Swansea. But I think there's a realisation from supporters that everyone wants them to stay in the top flight. Those things may be I'm not think, on the back burner, but first things first, this club needs to stay in the Premier League. And the way and you know the way the supporters can influence that they know themselves is mm. getting behind the players, cheering every tackle, every good pass, every you know, good piece of play, and that and that was there in the weekend, and the play and the players fed off it. Yeah. And the fans feed off the players. You know, it's, a, it's yeah. a cyclical thing. It's not you know, it's not for one side or the other to influence one another. It it's just it's just it's naturally there. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of you know, I thought the thought the way Swansea came out at the start of the second half and the way supporters roared them on, they had a real good period of exp- extended pressure shortly yeah. after the break. And it just felt there was no, there was no panic. There was a, you know, there was a total sense of, go on, boys. We know you're going to get back into it, and yeah. um, you know, hopefully, that hopefully it can be as intimidating an atmosphere for opponents and supportive an
1: atmosphere for Swansea players over the final three yeah, games out of the season. It's it's incredible the difference. That sometimes you take it for granted, but when everybody at the club is pulling in the, in the same direction, um, it's incredible how that can facilitate success on the field and. At the end of the day, that's what everybody wants, and that's what the club need in this final few games, just to make sure they do stay in the Premier League. Um, just, just throw it forward slightly. Then, who, who else impressed you as well as Are you uh, on Saturday, Josh, and and who stood out for you?
0: I thought Fernandez was really good at the back. I think um, Will did an interview with him uh, we published on Wales Online last week, and he has he's all season he's been consistent. He's been. You look at Alfie Mawson's got all the credit. Mm. you know the media credit because he's a young English defender he's going to get media attention but I thought Fernandez has been really solid all season and he showed that again on the weekend he was really good mm. I thought in midfield I thought Andy King was a really grounding influence on us I thought yeah. without him they like especially when we switched <coughs> to formation at the end to bring on Abraham I thought without yeah. Andy King I thought I don't think that's possible I think when we lost Jack Cork uh, a couple of years ago I thought when we lost him and we didn't really replace him with a really grounded influence. Yeah, yeah. With mm-hmm. Andy King, we've got that now he can cut, he can slow down the play a lot like Leon Britton does. The difference is, when Leon Britton does it, everyone raves about him. When Andy King does it, everyone says, oh, he's too slow, he's too slow, He's no, he always passes sideways. Yeah. You cannot have 11 players in that team who want to pass forward. Yeah, that's You can't do that in the Premier League.
1: Was there, uh, was there anyone else for you, grill at uh, Court Door I like the two the, the two of Josh put out there. I
2: I I'd agree were excellent. You know, Fernandez that was that was a captain's performance. You know, kept his head amidst the ma- the maelstrom of it a bit during the closing stages. But you know, he really sort of enjoyed getting stuck in with Schenk Tos. And I thought he played really really well. Uh, and you know, King continues to impress me. I I just think that he looks a very comfortable fit in that side. You know, he's efficient with the ball. Maybe it's not spectacular didn't give it away that often um, <coughs> which ones you've maybe missed um, and, I, and I know um, look I know the assist was a bit of a flick <laughs> yeah. but I, I thought Tom Carter played pretty well yeah. on the weekend you know he has had a really difficult season mm. you know it, it, if you think the Brighton game in October or November whenever it was you know being jeered off by your own supporters that that is a tough thing <laughs> that's a tough thing for any player to deal with yeah And it's you know, I think the set piece struggles that Swansea had earlier in the season really affected him. But there's been signs over the last few weeks that he's he's just starting to rediscover a bit of confidence. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't make mistakes or maybe takes the wrong option here and there. But give the guy credit. He doesn't shy away. He doesn't, you know, not want the ball. Mm. Um and I I thought he was I thought he was pretty good on the weekend, you know. not Narsing caught the eye Mm. For the you know obviously only on for forty five minutes unfortunately but the first ones are going back to forth the back I thought that worked I yeah. thought you know that it really allowed them to get after Everton you know that so much pace and mobility then in that three of Narsing and the two au brothers while still having a real good solid midfield base and the cover to protect
1: you to back to 4 yeah I was going to throw that it's kind <coughs> of an unpopular perhaps suggestion but I also thought Narsing was was quite lively in the first half when he was on. Um, Swansea looked particularly difficult when they were breaking. Um, and obviously narsing has got so much pace. I suppose the question mark with him will always be about his end product. Um, but there were a couple of occasions where he burned off Leighton Baines and, and Michael Keane, who was a bit of a liability, all afternoon. Um, and I thought he looked quite promising. I was disappointed to see him have to go off at half-time, but such as such as professional sport. One man... Who was particularly unpopular at the stadium on Saturday Was referee Lee Mason Josh um, There was a period in the second half where very little was going Swansea's way uh, <coughs> There was a perception amongst the crowd that um, this wasn't going to be their day And they weren't getting a fair fair crack uh, by the referee Did you think he was partic- particularly harsh on Swansea Or do you think the fans are perhaps a little bit uh, inaccurate there?
0: I think he's certainly not the worst referee in Port Performance we've seen at the Liberty this season, but that doesn't say a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought at times there were decisions going against us which probably shouldn't have gone against us. Yeah. But fans of any club are gonna at the end of the game, if you haven't won the game, they're gonna look at the referee and say, Oh well if he'd given this then we would have won But Yeah. It's a it's a difficult profession it is. We can't I don't like sitting here sleeping referees because mm. it's a hard job. Yeah. But yeah, we had decisions against us, but we probably had a couple for us as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't like a case that Lee Mason was dropping Clangers mm. left, right and centre, but there were a string of decisions where they were a bit iffy at times. Um, like I said, the fans were getting up and there was, there was a sense when they were 1-0 down that perhaps things, everything's going against yeah. us, it's not going to be our day in the stands. What was encouraging for me was that that never translated onto the pitch and the players were able to rally and rally again. In the second half, like you said, when they had extended periods of pressure, um, and they didn't let it put them off at all, and eventually they grabbed the equaliser. That was encouraging. Oh, definitely, yeah,
2: because I, I, that's been one of Swansea's problems, particularly during the first half of the season. You know, they could play well for maybe half an hour, concede a goal, and heads would drop, shoulders would drop, and yeah, you only know, knew it was only going to go one way. Um, <coughs> so to see that ability to fight back and under, under a lot of pressure let's not forget you know yeah. you're playing at home and you know you desperately need points and you know they kept coming didn't they they just kept coming and they kept coming and they kept coming and they believed that a chance would fall for them and they would you know put at least one of them in and get a point yeah. so yeah look you know that's that performance and the one against West Ham in the previous home game you know for me that's a, that's a benchmark set now yeah and not just at home, you know. I think Swansea have got to go out with that positivity. I'm not talking about going gung ho and <clears throat> leaving space to be counter-attacked left, right, and centre. But I, th- I think Swansea have got a better chance of staying up if they want to go and take the game decides than if they're only going somewhere trying to
1: just set up to maybe hang on for one point. Yeah. Are you uh, Josh, are you more or less confident of <coughs> survival now than you were this time last week? Or are you about the same?
0: It's a strange one because as much as we're lower down in the league now than we were this time last week, I think that's, that Southampton loss is going to be a big blow to them, especially after being 2-0 up. I think as it stands, that Southampton game game that we've got, if we beat them, we'll be fine. That's the way I see it. As long as we beat Southampton... I can't see Huddlefield have got some difficult games coming up so that may completely change again in two weeks time but I can't see them coming down I think Robbie Savage on uh, BBC 606 said that he thinks 35 points will be enough to stay Mm. in the Premier League this season that's a scathing indictment on the Premier League this season and how poor the quality has been and I think it's been the case for the last couple of years that perhaps we haven't been good enough to stay up but other teams have been worse yeah I think that's going to have to change next season, mm. but yeah, I think it's still in our hands. That's the most important thing. We're yeah. still in. Out of all the teams in the bo- the teams in the bottom of three, we're in the best position. Obviously, we're not in the bottom three, but we're, <laughs> in, <the best laughs> of three. we're in out of, compared to compared to Southampton, compared to Huddersfield, we're in the best position. Yeah. We're the only team with three home games mm. remaining this season. Obviously, we've got a game in hand over Huddersfield, which comes against Southampton. Yeah. But yeah it's going to be a stressful month
1: <laughs> to say the least was how was, uh, was uh, Carver mood after the game on on Saturday you were at the press conference well, was he upbeat or or how did he take the, the draw against Everton? I mean
2: he's a pretty positive character isn't he I mm. think oh, there would have been frustration there but he did well not to betray it too much you know, I think as he quite rightly said you know you, you can't be disappointed in your side when you performed like that um, they deserved all three points. And I think he hit the nail on the head when he said, "If we continue to play like that, we will stay up." Yeah. So I, you know, <clears throat> frustration, yes, but the positivity of knowing that, if you know, and it's a big if, I know, but if you can keep playing to that level, <coughs> that sort of approach, you would, I think, you would be putting money on Swansea to stay up before mm. Stoke or Southampton. Obviously, you know, we're talking before Stoke play West Ham tonight, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I think. His big strength, the big difference he has made is just being that upbeat persona, smile on his face, lifted the mood of the club, lifted the mood of the supporters. But you know,
1: no no surprise, he was still still wearing a, a grin despite the disappointment. Okay, let's move things on slightly. Um interesting situation going on with Renato Sanchez mm. at the moment um, was due back at the club last week uh, in the end didn't arrive um, having had scans before leaving Germany uh, scans didn't come back as positive news so he spent another week with his parent club, just sum up what, what we know about that situation at the moment and and perhaps give your, your verdict on where things go from here because we're running out of games in yeah. the season like you said we're, we're at the sharp end of proceedings now not an ideal time to be bringing somebody back in who has been out with injury um, particularly when you're playing so well so what do you know and and how do you see this unfolding now for the final
2: weeks I mean the situation as Carvajal explained it last week is that at the start of every week Sanchez has a scan to see how he's he's had hamstring and he's had thigh problems scan to see what sort of state they're in and if he is deemed fit enough then to travel and return to full training at Swansea. The idea being that he pitches up here and he's ready to train properly. Not not train on his own. Yeah. <coughs> but to be straight back in and you know hopefully get into contention for selection as quickly as possible. Uh Carl said a couple of weeks ago you'd be back on April the tenth and he was quite definitive in saying that. Yeah. Um only to have to reveal last week then that obviously that's you know that it is a weekly sort of assessment. I personally feel now, I don't think he should come back at all. Mm-hmm. I I just do not see what he's going to bring. I mean, you watch. I've said that now he'll turn up, but he'll pin one in the top <laughs> corner against against Southampton or something. But uh, you know, I mean, what what is he genuinely? What is he going to bring? Yeah, he hasn't played since the end of January. So even if he comes straight back into first team training this week, I don't think you could throw him in at Man City on Sunday, for example.
1: Yeah,
2: he's not played. You know, he's not played well enough. Who would you who would you leave out? Yeah, you know, he's he's going to be on the bench at best. You'd have to say at the moment. And, you know it's it's just it's just been a disaster is not it yeah. I don't think there's any other way around it you know I, I, I just don't think anyone saw when he was signed mm. and with all that excitement in August I don't think anyone could have foreseen we'd be in the situation where we're almost you know like I'd be inclined to say just stay there mate. And write it off yeah. just yeah you know you know if you know, if you were looking at this under the Trades Descriptions Act of what songs you were given on loan <laughs> I'd be of the opinion that they would be in deserving of a refund because you know he's clearly not been up to it and yeah i think the other thing is you know some of his performances maybe his attitude has been in question as well Mm. you know you can see sometimes he's very critical of teammates you know if they don't pass him the ball there's a bit of a strop there's a bit of you know flounces about a bit and i just don't think that's what you need at this stage but it's a small swansea squad they're stretched by injuries (coughs) but they're all in it together Mm. You know, I think there's a real good spirit and unity there. Yeah. And I wouldn't take the risk of bringing someone back in who might have, might end up just
1: upsetting things. Yeah, You have a similar opinion, Josh?
0: I'm going to slightly disagree with Will here, because I think, if you look at the way Carvajal's brought out a positive attitude in some of the players that we've got, I think, I mean, if you look at the bench that we had on the weekend, there wasn't a single midfielder on no. the bench. I think if he's fit enough to come back and play... 20 minutes off the bench if we're one 0 down against Southampton. If Carvajal can go, look, go out there, do something, mm. do something to make your mark, because yeah. he had a tr- he's had a dreadful season,
2: yeah.
0: on and off the pitch. So think if he can come back, if he's fit, he's not going to get into the first team. He may not even get an appearance off the bench. But we're not going to get any money back for him. He's mm. obviously a talented player, and seeing the way Carvajal, the likes of Leroy Foot, Carvajal really got the best out of Leroy Foot. <laughs> and like, losing him was a big loss for us and I think if Sanchez can come back and play 20 minutes off the bench even if he does nothing we're not going to get any money back for him mm. so I think looking at our lack of depth in midfield and particularly in terms of attacking midfielders if he can come on for 20 minutes and make a difference in one game I think it would be worth just bringing him back So your, conf- for that.
1: your confidence then is more, more in, the f- in the notion that Carvajal would be able to bring bring something more positive out of him.
0: I think when when Sanchez came in under Claremont, I think you you read Claremont's comments on him saying that he was damaged goods. Hmm. I think Claremont's confidence in Sanchez was lost within the first two weeks of him being here. I, I think he was under the impression that Sanchez was, was going to come in hmm. and make a real difference. I think you forget that he's still only very, very young, and so even in terms of a footballer. yeah, I think Carvajal's got... Carvajal will have confidence in anyone. You could bring someone from the non-league up, and he could turn them into a Premier League player. That's yeah. my opinion, anyway. I think I think Carvajal could make a real difference to Sanchez. No, I, I wouldn't take him next season if he was offered for free. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I think he'd be. I think he'd make a good impact if he came back.
2: It'd be nice. It would. It'd be a nice thing, at least, if he came back and say set up a goal or scored one. Because yeah. at the moment this loan spell is the defining image of this loan spell is going to be him passing the ball to the advertising holding at Stamford Bridge Yeah, yeah, you know which <coughs> is, is sad it's sad in a way but mm. it, it almost it perfectly is. encapsulates how, yeah. how it's been I
0: do still think in a few years time we'll look back when he's I think he will play for one of the top sides in Europe and we'll look back and say <clears> how, the <heck laughs> is he, how the heck has he gone there <laughs> yeah,
1: I think you're right alright then let's sort it of forward then to Man City um, all jokes aside uh, like like you said Quint, they are still a top top side uh, it's going to be a massive challenge uh, do we write this one off and just look ahead to next week or is there a hope here that they can salvage something from this game well you can't write it off you can't afford to write it off any opportunity to pick
2: up anything you yeah. know, is when you've got to take but I think if you're being realistic you would have to say that more than likely the not ones you get nothing this weekend I mean <coughs> you know title celebrations and everything else aside you know they're a sensational team they really are I know they've had a bit of a iffy week with the defeats to Liverpool in the Champions League and against United but they play some of the best football I've seen in the Premier League you know I'm, I'm not saying they're the greatest side ever or anything like this but they play some of the... They really do play a wonderful brand of football. And they're such a difficult side to play against. I mean, you think how good a side Tottenham are, and you look at what they did to Tottenham on Saturday yeah. night. You know, I think that just tells its own story. They they, they can't, they're capable of riding roughshod not just over the bottom half of the Premier League. They can do it against the very very best that the competition's got to offer. Yeah. So you know, it'd be wonderful. I, you know, and I goodness knows I hope Swansea pull off the upset. You know, the upset of the season, but. Yeah. I, I, I just think head-ruling heart
1: you'd have to say very difficult to see them getting a result Yeah, and Josh as you mentioned they're going to want to put on a show for their fans having just been crowned obviously the champions Yeah. Um. so it is going to be a tough day at the office
0: yeah I think primarily it'll be about damage limitation for the Swans I think hopefully we'll have Mike van der Hoorn back so hmm. Hal will probably switch back to his five defender formation I think goal difference could still end up yeah. being key where we are yeah. so I think it will be primarily damage limitation and a lot like Newcastle did when they played City if, if we're still level with 10 minutes to go chuck Abraham on you know go for it mm. 10 minutes to go who knows what can happen
1: there you go alright then guys I think we'll leave it there for this week uh, thanks for joining us and thanks to you guys uh, for listening at home as always you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes just go over there and search for us and you should find us no trouble at all And of course we'll be building up to that Man City game all week now and you can catch live updates and all the reaction from the game at the Etihad on Sunday on Wales Online.